Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast, where we dive into the latest rumors and news surrounding Texas Rangers baseball. This has been the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast. Let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered by tweeting us at TalkinTXRangers or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash talking texas rangers as always thank you for listening and go rangers welcome to the talking texas rangers podcast i'm your host larry lease today's episode we're diving into the latest rangers news from around globe life field but of course we'd like to thank our sponsor game time for sponsoring this episode if you're looking for the best value in sports tickets, concert tickets, or other event tickets, have game time today. Link will be in And now let's dive into today's first topic. As always, taking a look at week six. Who's hot? Who's All I can say for now, what a week. The Rangers got roughed up by the Red Sox at home to start off their homestand, but finished up the week with a series sweep against the LA Angels. Before putting this episode together, there were tons of names in consideration for the weekly report list, but I managed to narrow down the number of players for this week's list. Join us as we dive into week six, who's hot, who's not. Starting off, Nathaniel Lowe. Start off with a man who capped off the Angels series in style. All it took was one pitch to send it out of the park and get the crowd on their feet as he rounded the bases. It's fantastic to see the coaching staff trusting Lowe this season and his hard work pay off. However, I don't think Emily Jones saw the Rangers' traditional walk-off Gatorade shower coming. Next up, Cole Calhoun. More like Cole Calboom. A week ago, everyone was wanting Calhoun to have his contract bought out for not producing. I think he might have read some of our tweets or other posts and wanted to prove all of us wrong. 
And last week, Calhoun had 11 hits, scored seven runs, hit four home runs, and had eight RBIs. The 34-year-old veteran proved to you this past week he deserves to be a part of the team. Next up, Adolis Garcia. Garcia has also been on fire this past week as well. In this past week, Garcia had seven hits, six RBIs, and two home runs. He and Cole Calhoun had a home run derby against the Angels this past week where both of them hit two home runs apiece. And according to Bali Sports Southwest, Garcia has the most RBI two outs with 17. He's really developing into a team player and offensive threat. I hope he continues it as the season carries on in late May. And now on to who's not hot. And this hurts to say after last week's episode, Jack Leiter. Mr. Leiter is starting to realize that he isn't at Vanderbilt anymore. Jack Leiter had his worst outing to date against the Tulsa Drillers as he was chased from the game only after one and two-thirds innings. He gave up six runs, seven hits, and has a 4.43 ERA through six starts. He needed this to remind himself that he won't have days like this when he gets to the majors. And of course... Y'all might hate me to do hate me doing this, but the all powerful Noah's Noah Snyder guard. Sorry to do this to one of the best pitchers in the league, but it has to be done. Snyder guard was chased by the Rangers offense in the first inning, which is the first time the Rangers have done that this season. Just a reminder to our opponents, if you do something bad against the Rangers, as Snyder guard did. You could end up on the Texas Rangers weekly report. So right now, uh, the Rangers are headed to the West Coast to play the Angels from May 24th to the 25th. And now on to our next topic. How five former Rangers players are currently doing with their new team. As as is par for the rebuilding course, the 2022 Texas Rangers look quite a bit different than their 2021 predecessors when it comes to roster construction. The additions of Corey Seager, Roy Simeon, John Gray, Cole Calhoun, Brett Miller, Martin Perez, Mitch Garver, Garrett Richards alone count for nearly one-third of the roster this year. All players who weren't here in 2021. With so much turnover, however, comes the reality of former regulars for the Texas Rangers donning other uniforms across baseball. Let's take a look at five prominent former Rangers from 2021 and how they're doing on their new clubs this year. Of course, we got to start with Thea Kinnear Falefa. He was originally traded to the Twins for Mitch Garver before quickly being flipped over to the Yankees. IKF is having a solid season in pinstripes thus far. 277, 321, 658 triple slash is roughly in line with his career numbers at the plate, while mainly spending time at shortstop with New York. You're never going to get above average production from IKF, but you'll get a hardworking, versatile player who gives his all day in and day out. He's a stopgap option for a team looking to plug a hole like the Yankees. But if the opportunity presents itself to upgrade... Corey Seager, you go for it. And that's exactly what the Rangers did. Next up, Jordan Lyles. 
Jordan Lyles is the kind of player who somehow keeps landing jobs on professional ball clubs, yet rarely finds real success. He does have value, though. He's eating starts and innings in a rotation. He's doing just that for the Orioles in 2022, with a 4.38 ERA and seven starts thus far. That ERA figure is actually an improvement over the one he sported with the Texas Rangers in 2021, with an unsightly 5.15. Not to be lost, that high ERA was a career high of 180 innings pitch for the Rangers last year. That kind of dependability and durability isn't common in baseball these days. And though Lyles isn't missed in Arlington by any stretch, that kind of production can be at times can be at times during a long season. Next up, number three, Kyle Gibson. The Texas Rangers managed to turn Kyle Gibson into an ace during the first half of 2021 and route to his first career into his first career all-star appearance, I should say. After being traded to the Phillies at last July's deadline, he hasn't been able to repeat his Arlington success, although he has been solid. In seven 2022 starts, Gibby has a 4.10 ERA and a 1.21 whip, which are slightly better than his career starts, but far below his first half last season, which saw Gibson with a 2.87 ERA and a 1.18 whip in 19 first-half starts. Texas was right to trade the veteran right-hander while his value would be higher than it ever was before and never will be going forward. Next up, uh, Trevino. Fan favorite in Texas, Jose Trevino, was dealt to the Yankees just before the start of the 2022 season as the Rangers already had Jonah Heim and Mitch Garver in-house for at the catcher position. Trevi has, ne- has never been known for his bat, and his 470 OPS and 47 in bats so far this season reflects such a thing. But the veteran catcher provides value in other areas, most notably his leadership and pitch framing, both of which are also important attributes in the fabric of the game. Jonah Heim and Mitch Garver are also strong defenders like Trevino, but both are hitting far better than Jose in 2022 which is significant because having catchers that can both hit and play the position is a true asset for any big league team. Trevino isn't more than a backup or platoon option on the diamond, but he's a great clubhouse guy. Let us know in the comments section below. Of these uh, players that we covered, is there one that stands out that you think we should have kept and wrote out guess his career with let us know in the comment section below and now on to more news the rangers have optioned nick snyder nick snyder has been optioned at triple a round rock texas rangers have optioned picture nick snyder to triple a round rock as it was announced most recently today no corresponding move has been made yet as we're waiting on news for that Snyder was called up on Friday, May 20th, to give the Rangers a fresh arm in the pen to replace Josh Esporas, who was sent down after going 1.1 innings on May 19th. As it turned out, the Rangers didn't need to use their pen much the three days after that, and Snyder never got into a game before being sent back down. Rangers were off on Monday before starting a two-game set today in Anaheim. Er- 
Yeah, Tuesday. I imagine the Rangers will announce the replacement for Snyder. But like we previously said, we haven't heard anything yet. My guess would be that the Rangers will call up a positional player. Zach Rex, who was up earlier this year, would seem like to be like the likely choice. He's been down long enough that he can now be recalled, and the Rangers would like to have him as a backup outfielder option on the bench. Iodi Tavares is a possibility, though he's cooled off after a hot start to the year. And I guess the Rangers would like to keep him in AAA for now. Other than Rex and Leodi, the other position players who are on the 40-man roster and not in the majors are Willie Calhoun and Nick Solak, who are both recently set down, not likely to be back up in the near future. And Ezekiel Duran, who is with Frisco, would not, be, would not seem to be someone they'd be calling up at this point. But a more serious option would probably be Albert Abreu, who is on Round Rock and currently on a rehab assignment. So I'm guessing they would probably activate him, honestly. And now we're going to take a look at eight meaningful games for the Rangers coming up. The next eight games for the Rangers could have a significant impact on the rest of their season. Rangers are two games into their second longest road trip of the season. They've split the first two games of the trip and played two more against the Astros. Or they played, I should say, two more against the Astros this past weekend before heading to the West Coast for two games at Anaheim and four games against the A's. It was going to be tied for the longest road trip of the season, but since the lockout scrambled the early season scheduling, the Rangers play a road game in Miami on Thursday after the All-Star game, before heading to the West Coast for 10 games. Thanks, Commissioner. The Angels and Astros are battling for first place in the AL. AL West, I should say. While the A's are rebuilding, though playing better than I think many expected, the Rangers have an off day yesterday, which makes things a little easier on the pitching staff. They got Mitch Garver back from the IL, which helps the lineup, even if he's... Stuck to DH duty for now. At 18 to 20, the Rangers are also, as at least as of now, putting up a respectable record. Their run differential is at minus five, which means the record is about the same as what would be respected with their run scored and allowed. MLB as a whole is scoring 4.17 runs per game. Rangers are scoring 4.16 runs per game and allowing 4.29 per game which puts them right around league average, at least without park adjustments. And given we are still figuring out the adjustments for the Rangers' new park, given we are dealing with the mush ball this year, I'm not going to worry too much about park adjustments right now. So after two, after a 2-9 start, the Rangers have slowly been digging themselves out of their big hole. And they're currently to a place where you can say that they are decent, which isn't great, course, but in this first year, the expanded playoffs, when six teams per league will make the playoffs, decent may well be enough to get a team to at least the fringes of the playoff hunt. While we've been trained in recent years to want our team to be either good or terrible, and not in between, the expanded playoffs and the introduction of the draft lottery provide more incentive to strive to be decent rather than terrible. I suspect that the organization, while not expecting this to be a playoff team, 
would like to see this team at least be on the fringes of the race late in the season. I suspect the front office would like to have some some of the young players on the team get experience playing meaningful, meaningful games in September. Be doing something other than playing at the string over the final month or two. It's part of developing a winning culture they are striving for. And I know ownership would like to see a winning record and some reason for fans to be enthusiastic heading into 2023. I was mulling over all this when looking at the Rangers' upcoming schedule. I try to break the schedule into chunks, look at a particular upcoming stretch, and consider what the Rangers might do and what they need to do in terms of wins and losses in order to meet their goals or my expectations or what have you. To me, the next eight games are pretty meaningful for the Rangers in terms of what I think the organization is striving for this year. Really, the entire 10-game road trip is pretty meaningful, but since the first two games of the trip are in the past, and I'm just thinking and recording this episode now, we're left with eight meaningful games. Texas has played more home games than road games this year. 22 home games to 16 road games. That disparity is going to generally make a team's record better than a more even split would. Even though the Rangers are actually 500 on the road so far this year, 10 and 12 at home, on a road trip like this, team like the Rangers is hoping to tread water, not lose too much ground. A split of the next eight games would be a successful outcome for the Rangers, all things considered. That would give the team a 500 road trip, keep the team within spitting distance of 500. It would allow them to keep working their way back out of the early season hole they dug without making it too much bigger. Going three and five over the next eight, just from an odd standpoint, that's probably the most likely scenario. It wouldn't be an awful outcome. It would bring Texas back home at 20 to 21 and 25 with a stretch of four games against the Rays, three against the M's, three at Cleveland, three at the Chicago White Sox, where they could try to work their way back up to 500. Anything worse than three and five would be a significant disappointment. It wouldn't be exactly surprising to be clear, but for a team that is aiming for respectability this season, that is wanting to show progress, it would be a disappointment. It does appear that the Rangers are trading this trip as significant. Nick Solak was sent down, and Mitch Garber was activated rather than Josh Esboros, as I expected. After all, on May 30th, the Rangers are going to have to drop a pitcher and add a position player anyway. Solak hadn't been terrible in a full-on rebuild. He probably would have stayed up and continued to get playing time. Garver might have gotten another day or two on a rehab assignment, but the Rangers are trying to win right now. And continuing to give Solak playing time to get straightened out wasn't viewed as a move to help them win. There's part of me that thinks that this segmentation is silly, that a game is a game is a game, and thinking about these particular chunks isn't logical. And that may be so, but it certainly feels to me that these next eight games are pretty, pretty meaningful. That come Memorial Day, we will have a much better idea as to where this team is headed. So what's your take on these topics we covered? Let us know in the comments section below. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Poddex. Check them out today at poddex.com. Use the promo code Larry21 for 10% off your order. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.